The key to success on the field and in your backyard is a comprehensive game plan. So if you're building a fence or a deck this year, trust a Turkstra coach to design, quote, or order the right materials for your project. Visit a Turkstra Lumber near you to learn more. From the Ticats Audio Network, this is the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Welcome back to the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Ticats coming off a huge win Saturday at Tim Hortons Field. That was against Winnipeg, of course, and now they get ready for another big game to go down the QEW to Toronto this coming Saturday, the 23rd at 7 p.m. Fans, be sure to send your questions into Coach uh, at gameday at ticats.ca. Put in the subject line a question for Coach O, and maybe we'll pick your question to ask on the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Wow, Coach, what a, what a game. You've got to just be unbelievably uh, happy and, and proud of your team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a uh, a great win, uh, just just for the whole the whole team. Obviously, the city and the whole organization. Um, you know, you can talk about things turning internally and how you feel, but it does got to show up in the win column. And I thought everybody showed up, including the fans. Yeah, it was a great uh, great energy at the stadium, and it was a beautiful day for football. Um, what uh, two years in a row? If there's a sort of a changing point in the season where you beat a very good Winnipeg team at home how uh, how'd you do that <laughs> yeah I think it's it's real simple to be honest with you um, winning's not simple but when you boil it down to the critical stats that we enforce same thing we've been saying all year Luke when you take care of the football and you get the football um, meaning you take it away and don't turn it over uh, when you're effective on special teams we found Tyreek got into the end zone there in a momentum swing and you know almost there before the half uh, had a chance to break another one. Um, you know, we took some some penalties we wouldn't like to late when we were trying to flip the field there. But I think we scored when we got into the score zone, or what most people would refer to as the red zone. We were able to come away with points. You know, and I think scoring on five of six possessions in the first half, whether it's field goal or touchdowns, bode well. And then I think something like the last seven possessions in the second half, um, it was like punt interception punt interception punt like this is what we talk about when we say complimentary football and i think that's how we were able to get it done as i thought we were able to be effective in all three phases yeah it was uh once again sort of like the the big win against ottawa uh, in ottawa was we you and i talked about was sort of a tale of two halves it was a bit of that again uh, against winnipeg here's the here's the third quarter uh you guys come out and score a touchdown to start. After that, it goes punt, punt, interception, 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 punt, punt, interception, interception, <laughs> into the fourth quarter. So it, it the first the scoring in that first half uh, was all of a sudden the defense has sort of started to come in and, and and change the game a little bit, including yours, of course. Yeah, I think it's well said, and that that's the proof of it. And so when you when you mention you know how do we get it done, I think it's right there when you're able to keep a high powered offense off the field. And then we're able to effectively move the ball, even if it means gaining field position and possibly momentum. Um, yeah, points are always the goal, and and that. So I thought it was, you know, I thought we punted the ball effectively. Uh, it wasn't always in what we refer to as the target zone or outside the numbers as much as we'd like, but I thought we covered fairly decent. And yeah, it's it's fun to reflect on games like that, but we'll have our hands full moving forward. But yeah, just just a group effort, proud and happy for everybody. 
Yeah. What an interesting, uh, uh, you know, example of how the kicking game can swing, uh, can swing on a game on the scoreboard. Castillo misses an extra point, which of course is a, lo- a missed or, or, or a lost uh, single point for Winnipeg. Tyreek McAllister takes it back all the way, which makes it a three-point swing, and then another missed field goal leaves six points on the board in a game that, of course, was uh, a six-point difference. Anything that you do, you do you coach that with your team? Is it an example that you talk about? Is it just how the how the cards fall that game? Uh, but you know, certainly, certainly a great coaching point on on how meaningful it can be to return uh, that, even if it's just for two points. No, I think there's lots of teachable moments in there, and we, we do point some of those things out. Um, obviously, the tangible things are the point swing, very easy to ID. Uh, with that being said, we really feel like even ourselves, um, if you don't have your cover team out there, you, you're really at a disadvantage when you miss. And there's usually about, no offense to the old linemen that like to try hard and get their name in the in, uh you know, in a stat column and in their line, but you know, there's probably about four or five people and you at being a former holder, you know that, you know, between yourself and maybe four others, if you didn't make the tackle, um, it, it's tough sledding. And I think that's the emphasis is where I'm going with this is when they miss, they need to pay mm-hmm. and let's get the people blocked up that can make the plays. And, you know, I can specifically remember you saving our our bacon a few times, right? And and that's just because it was a process of elimination. There was only a few of you that are going to make it. Yeah. And so that's the bigger thing. And we got to find a way to get him in the end zone. Their guy made a fantastic play. There's a teachable moment by watching the Winnipeg guy hustle. It was one, he was one of those five that were able to make the play, and he came out of nowhere. You know where you thought maybe we had him blocked up enough to get mm-hmm. going. Well, we didn't. Yeah. So there's teachable moments, not just from our team, but in watching other teams. Um, I think th- those are very teachable moments that we like to not pass up the opportunity to coach off of. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, Jeff Reinbold, of course, and also Frank Gans Jr. used to say, like, when if we were out there and missed a field goal, like the alarm has to go off in your head, meaning me, the holder, like you bet, like you're the guy who has to make the tackle, and you got other guys, like you said, there's four or five, but everyone's got to think it's either me or it's a touchdown, because you're you're at a huge disadvantage in a missed field goal uh, situation just out of a personnel uh, lineup. Uh, <clears throat> coach, offensively, again, I'm leaving the game saying uh, Taylor Powell once again took a big leap like I'm, it's just every game is his learning curve it seems like he's just a, climbed a little bit higher in his learning curve uh an entirely different looking quarterback play than we saw uh how many weeks ago is it now seven or something weeks ago when at, at his first start he's entirely uh, a different looking athlete on the field um few things impressed me the throws that he made downfield obviously your offense struggled to 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 make big gains through uh, in the air uh, early on with Taylor Powell that's getting we're seeing a lot more downfield receptions and also a couple examples of him keeping his eyes downfield as he's move as the pocket breaks down and he's able to extend the play a little bit um what's your take on Taylor Powell right now is there still something you're you see in him that you say ah that's a he's still a rookie you know I let him grow or are you just as impressed as I am uh, no, I'm I'm impressed with him. I'm not surprised though. I'm, I'm not surprised, and that's not because I have some crystal ball. But again, we do have the advantage of watching these people, 
not necessarily players and just how they respond to everything when they it sounds crazy but it's you know how they respond when something's not going right at home how they respond when their food's cold how they respond with their teammates how do they interact are they early to meetings um just do they do extra work uh how do they respond in practice when they throw an interception how do they respond when there's this one that they are supposed to hit and it doesn't doesn't get there these are the things that why i'm not surprised but the one thing and i've sound like a little bit of a broken record here but the one thing that i, I just was didn't waver from from the beginning is the one thing Taylor didn't have was experience. And I think that's what you're alluding to there. So after seven weeks or however many weeks it's been, he's gaining that experience. And I think we're gaining the fruit from it. You know, I think Scott's doing a great job of giving him something that's palatable, something that he can handle while at the same time putting together something we can win with. And, you know, there are games when the D is going to have to give us more opportunities, you know? And so I think, um, I think the game's slowing down a little bit for him. He's seeing more of what he's been used to his whole life, and that would be 11-man football versus, you know, that 12th person can wreak havoc and a lot more than people uh, think. And I think from a, the hardest position on the field being quarterback, everybody's timetable is a little bit different. And you would know that from coming up here. All of a sudden, you know, you're not widening off the mic. You're, you're widening off your newest flat defender might be the Sam or the nickel. And there's adjustment. And for you, you are a quick study, but for the next person, they may not be. And so it's it's different for everybody, but um, he'll be the first to tell you he's got a long way to go. Um, but he doesn't waver from that. He doesn't try to skip steps. He's okay with the process. Hmm. Yeah, it's fun to watch for sure. You mentioned uh, Scott and Taylor uh, and their development together. Clearly, there were some different things offensively this game. So what jumped out to me is all the three receiver sets uh, that you guys took the field with. Bigger bodies in the box, and sometimes it was Tim White, uh, you know, Godwin, and Bayless, I think it was, and just the three of them out there, which is not sort of the normal tie-cap uh, set that we've been seeing. Can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe why Winnipeg was suited for that and, and, and why that change came about uh, at this point? Well, sometimes it's what you see on tape, and it's not that you know that it's going to work. It's something that you want to see how they respond. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you get numbers in the box. Sometimes you're going to get one-on-one -on -one matchups outside. And so I think it's all about information gathering. And then, you know, sometimes you anticipate things to work, and it doesn't work quite as well. And then you have to adjust. So, um, you know, the first thing you want to see in those type of things is does the other team substitute? Are they going to bring in a bigger body? Okay, if they bring in a bigger body – that means they're they're short a cover person. And then who is covering out there? Who did they take off the field? So you usually have that information in advance, but that doesn't mean that's the other team's game plan that week. So that's kind of the game within the game. And then anytime you have numbers, whether it's outside the box or inside the box, you're you're trying to figure out a way to take advantage of it. Or just send a message of, you know, we're gonna try you on this and if you're better, you're better, but we might be better. So um, more than Winnipeg, it's something that it gives us a sample of what we're able to do. Are we able to morph in and out of those things with any type of effectiveness? Yeah, interesting. So in a sense, you got three receivers instead of your four or five, and you're counting. How do they How do they account for that? If they load up the box the way you loaded up the box, you have an advantage at receiver. If they leave that secondary full, then maybe you could, maybe it's James Butler's time to, to get some run with some extra blockers in the middle. 
Yeah, and even if it's not extra blockers, maybe you've got big on small. You know, just some basic physics for the, you know, big ball, little ball. Um, So, you know, maybe you just got a body type matchup that they may have the right, the same amount of people, but we might like our matchup a little bit better. Interesting. Uh, Is that a a natural progression as the season goes along? Is that a Scott Milanovic thing? Are you guys, uh, or do you you have... other things like this three receiver set that you can continue to test out these teams with is will we see more changes like that yeah i think you know you're always trying to be innovative and creative but the biggest thing is be effective and i think a little bit of it is scott and his creativity and what he likes to to see there and you know i think since scott's taken over i think dayton blacks played probably somewhere near 100 plus snaps which would be probably two games you know, and so there's people getting more opportunity to play, gaining valuable experience versus just waiting for an injury to happen. And there is no right or wrong way to do it. It's just a different way to do it. And it does keep more people involved. I mean, we're, we've been suiting seven O linemen um, as of late, but not just suiting them for emergency, suiting them to play them. Wow, cool. Uh, defensively, uh, Definitely stole the ball away. Definitely limited Zach Caleros uh, and his uh, effectiveness, mainly through those uh, three interceptions that you, you forced uh, from Zach. But just gutsy and, and resilient at the mo- at times when Winnipeg was able to get points or have big plays. Your defense, again, very similar to how they did against Ottawa the week before. They, they have a way of answering back with a big play or a big stop or a big two and out. After you know, after their, the opponent uh, has some success there, what's the mentality of this defense? Because to me, it seems like a like a defense that's ready for the postseason. It's ready for it's ready for uh, uh, greatness. Uh, is it something that do you hang your hat on this defense as sort of the ment- mentality of the whole football team? Yeah, that's kind of the way it's been before, you know, and kind of established over time. But every year is different, Luke. And, you know, I think the defense early in the year, we weren't get taking the ball away and we're yeah. giving our offense opportunities or breaking momentum, if you will, throughout the game. And, you know, I thought it's it's about making timely plays, not just that, but making them consistently. And I feel like we were able to answer the bell. And then there's times when we gave up a touchdown and our offense answered and now it's a wash. And so I do think that the, the defense is getting our hands on footballs. We're forcing some fumbles. We're uh, making people throw into tighter windows. You know, obviously our whole field side was different with Woods and, and Dexter Lawson out there. And, you know, with the loss of Tunde and Rich, like that's a, that's a tall order over there. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, they got us a couple times in man coverage and early on, but I thought we settled down in the second half and those guys were sure tacklers and made some some very nice plays yeah the turnovers also you know uh, sorry i mean obviously the the best coverage comes from pressure yes and and i thought that we did a decent job of collapsing the pocket there um while we may not have sacked them as many times we were sure around them and then we had kind of have a saying that being close counts and i thought we were close quite a few times Close counts and horseshoes, hand grenades, and in quarterback <laughs> pressures. <No. laughs> the, uh, I think it was uh, maybe it was uh, Kenneth George Jr.'s interception. I can't. I think when Zach is pressured, and you can tell he throws. He's trying to. He's effectively trying to throw the ball away at the feet of his checkdown, and he totally, errantly 
throws it in a, dire- in a direction where he doesn't he doesn't realize that that the tie cats are there and it was that was a pressure interception there for sure uh, and you could tell how frustrated uh, Zach was at at the turnovers that they had four to two on the game the ratio in your favor of course that includes the that includes the turnover on downs at the end of the game so kind of mm-hmm. in nor- in normal play maybe three to two but that means that the Hamilton Tiger Cats are plus one in the turnover <laughs> ratio on the season. Hey, Does let's that, go. That got that feels that's got is it a monkey off your back to have the plus sign in your in your turnover ratio? Uh it's fun to talk about right now. It's yeah. it's not off the back because we you know, you can't get you know, we were buried down there deep for a while and yeah. you, you know it's not going to come back in one week or two weeks or three weeks it's going to be a collection of weeks and so it's fun to see you know when you start doing things that we relate it to as critical stats uh, to be able to talk that we're in the plus category and and you know from being in a room with me Luke that uh, we, we always show the teams that are quote unquote with the best records in the league uh, generally are in the top five of that top four uh, you, you know the, that's just how it works out yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great to watch in Ottawa. In the Ottawa game, you were close, you know, back to back in the or next to each other, I should say, in the turnover ratio standings, and you flipped by winning the turnover flipped with Ottawa by ter- winning that game turnover ratio, and uh, with Winnipeg, you're climbing closer to them in the top. And I think it was negative eleven you were at at one point this season, uh, if I'm remembering correct. And now you're at plus one. So what a what a change of of the storyline as the seasons progressed. Um, anything else you want to say about turnovers? I mean, how, just how, how have you been able to kind of flip that, that script as the seasons goes? Well, I think sometimes it, it registers individually and then sometimes it registers collectively. And I think play calls and all those things aren't going to change it. It's about taking care of the football and getting and, you know, and then taking it away. It's, it's that clean. And until, we make those decisions and there's a couple games, you know, I remember having talking with you and like, Oh man, you know, it was a good game, but we gave up seven sacks, but all sacks aren't equal. You know, sacks do kill drives and there's analytics that say, you know, they don't end in touchdowns, but there's also strong analytics that say when you lose that turnover battle, turnover takeaway battle that you, that you don't win anyway. So the goal is to win. And so I think it's just a conscious effort uh, by everybody to attack the football, make your play, be free to do that. And then, you know, it. let me just say it like this. You know how it is. All we just ask you to do is make your play when it presents itself. Some people have 10 opportunities per game. Some people are going to have two. Just make yours. Yeah. Uh, that's great. So now you get ready for Toronto. Big uh, game. Of course, the rivalry. It's in Toronto now um, mm-hmm. this weekend. Like Winnipeg, like the BC Lions, Toronto is a very good football team. Obviously, have not been able to win this year uh, against Toronto. Um, does it feel like to you, because it feels a little bit like to me, that Toronto hasn't played this Ticat football team yet? Because the because of the call it learning curve or the progression and just just acceleration of this team towards becoming a better and better football team, to me it's like game one, because the, 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 your Ticats are... Uh, learning how to win games, and uh, I think there's almost a little hope, little hopefulness, or a little bit of energy that can come from the idea that Toronto doesn't even know what they're kind of in for with this Ticat team. Yeah, I think they're mature enough to know, to know that you know we're we're better than when we played them before. Um, obviously, yeah, I don't think they've played this team with this mentality and and just exactly the lineup that we're playing with, but. 
you know, there's only been one team that's beat Toronto this year, right? So it, it's not just us that have fallen short. You know, I'm excited for this opportunity. You know, there's a tough – we knew this last block of six was a tough game. We're going to be tough games. You can only tackle them one at a time. And this is going to be – I don't suspect Toronto will take us lightly. I think they're going to come out and play their brand of ball and – you know, if we need, if we're going to go where we need to be, you know, this is the next game on the schedule. But, you know, it's an, it's a nice measuring stick to see. You know, these guys have really dominated the league. Let's just say what it is, and they've won some big games. They're scoring points. They're effect. They've got a great returner who can go to the score a touchdown and go to the house at any time. They got a quarterback that's you know possibly putting up MVP numbers. They their running back is hard to bring down. Their defense doesn't give up explosions and that's why their record is what it is. So it's up to us to try to find some cracks in there and find a way to come away with at least one more point. Yeah, very excited for this weekend and Coach, let's get a fan question in before the uh, end of our episode here. This is a little bit of a change of pace, this question, but interesting no less. This is from Angelo in Hamilton. Great uh, great Hamilton name there, by the way. Coach O. Absolutely. Yes. Coach O, coaching is known to be a job with long hours. What is a practice day like from morning to night for you and your staff? Thank you, Angelo. Okay. Yeah, Angela. Well, I will say this. Yeah, so I, I'd say it's different. It's been different from all three levels for me, meaning as a DB coach, as a coordinator, and then as a head coach. So uh, I would say a, a typical morning would be, you know, probably a wake up at about four. You're usually in the office by somewhere between 445 and five. And depending on the day, Angelo, meaning that we have we kind of have our days like day one, day two, day three. Um, early in the week, they're going to be a little bit longer. And it's also predicated on how many days there are between games. So I'll give you a sample here with a seven-day work week, meaning if we played like a Saturday and a Saturday, you know, you'd, you'd be in somewhere around the neighborhood of 5 a.m. And then you'd probably be home or starting your car around 7. So you're around a 14-hour day, and that'll whittle down to closer to 12 by the time day three hits, meaning there's a day two that's similar than a day three. And then day before, we want to be out of here. You know, you do your walkthrough and your media, and, uh, I, you know, I want coaches and everybody out of here. So there's no, there's no uh, nine to five in coaching. Um, Ron Lancaster actually used to say have a saying to say if uh, – if you can't get your your job done in 12 hours, you know, we'll probably should look looking for a different staff member. And I know to just the casual person it's like, "What are you doing the whole time? What I mean, what are you doing?" <laughs> and I would, you know, that's that that'd be another question, Angelo, but you know, between scouting reports, watching film, planning practice, uh figuring out lineups, trust me, 12 hours feels like about 7. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Definitely a unique, uh, a unique uh, career there, Coach. And I think, I think we've had sometimes we've recorded this show, uh, the Coach O show here on off days. And if you're watching us, I'm going off days because that's right. that's 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 the off day is finger quotes around off days for for the coaching staff. I mean, you guys kind of are grinding for about for seven months here. It's a it's an everyday job. Yeah, no, it is. There's really, and I've, honestly, I think in 20 years of doing this as a player coach, 20 plus years, I've had uh, zero, 
and that's not an over-exaggeration, zero sick days. Yeah, wow. Been in the office every single day for 20 years. So it's it's a unique profession. And and you know that. That's a, that's a fun thing. for, Like, unless you're just – actually, I, I don't know, Luke. You could maybe have a story about this. I'm sure there's times you had the flu or a sore throat you couldn't swallow or whatever the case may be. Um, you still come to work. Now, you may go to the therapy room and lay on the table and look like death warmed over, but they may just let you have a nap there. Very few times are they say, go home unless you're contagious. So I just think that's an interesting fact that, like, there's no sick days. Like, you're coaching through sickness, you're playing through sickness, and that's just the way it is. So, yeah, the fun fact there, zero sick days in 20-plus years. Wow, that is a good one. <laughs> but David Bucko, our uh, producer for this, he may name the episode Zero Sick Days. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so you'll look for that on your uh, podcast. The uh, okay, well, what a what a good uh, good uh, talk here, Coach. Very excited for this weekend. We'll get a read in for our sponsors here, Turkster Lumber, of course. The Coach Joe Show with Luke Tasker is presented by Turkster Lumber. Check out the project coaches at Turkster Lumber. They can help with every part of your home reno from designing a deck to ordering a new front door. Learn more at turksterlumber.com. Coach, you guys are off to Toronto. Very excited to uh, to for next week's Coach Joe Show as we break down what might be a, a very uh, important and fun game of this season. So good luck. All right. Thanks, Luke. Another episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is in the books. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gamedayatiecats.ca. Coach O and Luke are back next week to discuss the latest from the locker room. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.